Welcome to Maximal Being, a GI doc and ICU nurse that break down the science so you can exceed your gut health, nutrition and fitness goals. So, let's smash the bro science and optimizing your health with your hosts, Doc Mock and RN Graham. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here with the Maximal Being Fitness, Nutrition, and Gut Health Podcast. Joining me today is, of course, RN Graham, back from Saving Lives down in Miami. And we have a special guest today, Jackie, who's in Philadelphia, PA. Today's topic is probably one of the oldest secrets to weight loss, previously used for religious reasons, but now allowing in liquids for your metabolic benefit we're talking about intermittent fasting. As a GI doctor, I firmly believe in intermittent fasting. It is not the panacea for every person, but if you're looking for additional gains into your fat loss realm, if you wanna work on autophagy, which we're gonna talk about later, this may be the thing for you. It costs $0, there's no buy-in, there are no fancy formulas or books, you just do it. So uh, I am Doc Mock. I'm one of your hosts. I'm an advanced GI doctor practicing here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, gray as usual today. An advanced GI doctor is a type of GI doctor that specializes in cancer. I also uh, do fitness and nutrition and gut health. And down in Miami is RN Graham. Hello, Maximal Beings. It's good to be back. I've been busy down here in uh, South Florida. I am an ICU nurse. I currently work uh, in a couple of hospitals down here, um, as well as working on the COVID units. I have been uh, doing fitness for a while. I've also participated in um, NPC, uh, which is National Physique Competition. So I'll pass it on to our guest speaker, um, Jackie. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Jackie. Um, I am a regular human being with no specialized knowledge in fitness or health. Um, I have my background, I work currently in finance. Um, however, I am always open to learning new ways to get better. And I, I lean on these two individuals a lot uh, to, do, to, do, to do that. We're, we're really excited to have Jackie here today because he's conducted a really interesting experiment on his own wellness during this coronavirus epidemic. And, and really what he's done is introduced the best type of scientific research into his wellness formula, which is starting with one variable at a time. If you try to do too many things at once and see benefits, you're not going to know which of those things that you introduced was, was the thing that helped you. And so as a sole intervention, in terms of his wellness, he has started doing intermittent fasting. And so, uh, you know, maybe Aaron Graham, you can just kind of open up to the group here, um, you know, the general concepts behind intermittent fasting. Sure. Um, so when you think of intermittent fasting, um, all you hear is fasting, which first thing people think is not eating. Uh, but the interesting part about intermittent fasting as uh, Doc Mock uh, alluded on earlier, this is age old. I mean, since the dawn of time, people have been intermittent fasting. Um, if you really think as human beings, the way we were, you know, engineered, we sleep at night or we try to sleep at night unless you work night shift like myself. Um, and we are active during the day. Now on an average day, how much sunlight is there? You know, anywhere between 
10 to, you know, eight to 10 hours. Uh, the rest of the time it's darkness. And when it's dark, you really should be, you know, resting or sleeping. Um, so you have to think of intermittent fasting in that sense. It's not not eating, but for the most part, when the sun goes down, we are supposed to be sleeping, resting. So with intermittent fasting, what, you, what you're doing is you're eating for a period of time and then you're not eating for a certain period of time. Um, as I've said earlier, the way we're engineered during the day, what do we do? We're active, we hunt, that's when we eat. At night, we rest. Now, the issue that we have now is convenience. So we're not hunting at grocery stores anymore and grocery stores are open 24, you know, 24 seven. So because of this, the concept of eating at a certain time is now 24 hours. And as far as things go, that really isn't beneficial to us. We should not have actually um, be eating that often. Uh, the less we eat, of course, concept is the better, but it's not really less as in amount, but less as in time when it comes to intermittent fasting. Yeah, so Jackie, what, what inspired you to start on your, your journey here with intermittent fasting and what had you tried before you started this journey and your experience with those interventions? Um, so I've tried a lot of things. I'm not, I've never been a big person to jump into the diet fads. So I never tried low carb or keto. Um, I, I, Originally, once upon a time, actually, uh, after Aaron Dram uh, successfully completed a, uh, a fitness competition, uh, tried to do what he did, um, which was extremely clean eating, weighing your food, um, you know, working out consistently. And I saw extremely, you know, I lost a lot of weight and I felt very great. However, um, that was not sustainable for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, um, so I, I was looking for something that was, okay, what's something I can do that's just one slight tweak? Um, I wasn't expecting, to be honest, a, a large uh, change. Um, I thought, okay, maybe this just might help move the needle in the right direction. Um, so, I was considering it early February. Um, I was at the time I was studying for a pretty big test. Um, so I was doing a lot of stress eating. And after I finished the test, um, at that point, I was at least three months without seeing the inside of a gym. Um, and uh, literally the day after I took the test, the world went into lockdown. Um, so getting back into the gym wasn't an option. So I, I, I have a desk job for the most part. Um, you know, I have a standing desk. I kind of stand up when I, when I talk or if I can stand and work or I'll do push-ups every hour. But for the most part, there was no way for me to consistently work out and, and get, you know, burn a good amount of calories. Um, so I looked into intermittent fasting. Um, I actually messaged you both about it. And I said, okay, I'll give this a shot. Um, so I didn't really change anything. Um, and for myself, I started with basically skipping breakfast. Um, mo may mo mainly because I can talk. Um, I'm not a big breakfast person. Um, I only eat oatmeal. It's the only thing I've eaten for the last six years. Um, and I 
despise eggs. So I figured that's the best meal to skip. Um, and within seven or eight weeks, I was extremely surprised with the results. Um, I lost like 14 pounds, which was, I didn't even know that was even possible. Um, but I also felt better. Um, I didn't have a lot of mental fog in the morning. Um, and people will tell me like, oh, you look, you look good. You've been working out. And I'm like, no, I, I have not been. Um, so, I mean, since that started happening, now I've, I've kind of leaned in a little bit and, you know, now instead of eating my first meal at 12, I push it back to two. Um, and just slowly, you know, like good decisions lead to more good decisions and I'm eating a little bit better as well, having more vegetables, cutting out, you know, food that's not helping. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great. Yeah, so it kind of worked as a catalyst, right? It, it, it's, it's an easy practice, it's easy to implement, it costs no money, it really takes no effort other than dealing with your own hunger. And, and you definitely see results and the data does follow that. The reason why intermittent fasting works is physiologically speaking, when you have not eaten for eight to 12 hours, your body will uh, mobilize your fat stores through a cycle called the TCA cycle. And this TCA cycle is uh, tri uh, tricarboxylic acid. And so that's basically you're taking free fatty acids and you're generating ketones and you're using those ketones, which we, we have uh, alluded to several times, freely as fuel, both in your brain and in your, uh, the rest of your body to fuel your cellular processes. So that's eight to 12 hours. When you continue that process, it's just like investing the world that Jackie is in and that you get aggregate gains. So you keep stacking those benefits over time and, and it multiplies. So there are different um, protocols that you can follow with intermittent fasting. Um, Aaron Graham, what, what, what do you know about the different protocols and you know, how would you approach somebody talking about the different protocols in terms of time? So um, there are, the, the main three protocols are alternate day fasting, which I mean, speaks for itself. You know, one day you're eating, one day you're not. One day you're eating, one day you're not. And we'll actually go into it on on certain days, even though you're not eating, you are actually eating. And, you know, we will touch base on what you can eat on those days when you're quote unquote fasting. Um, the next thing is um, daily time restriction, uh, which is basically what uh, Jackie alluded on. Uh, the most common one is the 16-8. Um, so you're fasting for 16 hours and the next eight hours you're eating. Um, and then there is periodic fasting as well, um, which is for the most part, very similar to um, the 16-8 daily time restriction. So as uh, Doc Mock alluded to, the main focus is getting your body into a state of ketosis, um, which like he said, is we're using fat for fuel um, instead of you know, carbohydrates or anything else that we would be ingesting. So, so Jackie, when you were approaching this strategy, what made you elect to do kind of a 16, eight, 18, you know, hour fast sort of protocol? Um, so I, you know, I 
baby stepped it. Um, so the first, I want to say week or two, my, my goal was to make it to 10 o'clock without eating something. Um, because I'm, you know, you, you both know me, I'm a prolific snacker. I'm a huge individual. Food is one of my favorite things. So I didn't want to go all in and then fail and then not do it at all. So the first, the first week, the goal was to make it to 10 o'clock. And then the next week was 11 o'clock and week after that I was 12. And, and then that's where I, you know, start at 12 and stay there for a few months. Um, so that was my goal. And I read, you know, actually off of your post that I can have a little bit of fat in my coffee to help sustain me. Um, so I started adding just, you know, a little bit of 2% milk. Um, I didn't think it would make a difference, but actually it makes a huge difference. Um, and, uh, now I do, if it's a day, if I'm going to do something active in the morning, I'll do coconut oil. Um, because there's a little bit more fat there. So if I'm taking my son for a bike ride or, you know, just going to be out and about and actually not sitting at a desk, I'll have a little bit of coconut oil. That way I won't be, um, hangry by like 12, 1230. And, and that concept of hangry is, is a real thing, you know, and you talked about brain fog as well. A lot of people will describe this when they're kind of detoxing from carbohydrates. And, you know, as we talked about, you're getting rid of a lot of the carbohydrate and accessing your fat stores, utilizing ketones. Um, those ketones pass freely through this barrier in your brain called the blood brain barrier to use them as fuel. And you're, and it's kind of like a cleaner energy source, but a lot of people will have a hard time with fasting during the first few days, you know, because they'll go all in. Um, and either they use some of the permitted drinks and they kind of go overboard on the caffeine aspect, or there is a hormonal reason why they can fail. And that's namely two hunger hormones that you have. One is called ghrelin. That's the one that tells you, I am hungry. I have to eat. And the other one is leptin. That's kind of like the cousin to it. And that one will say, I'm full. I don't, I feel satiated. I don't need anything else. I'm good. Following these hormones, those levels will drop as you fast more and more. So the more days that you do it, the levels become less. And so from a psychological perspective, this allows you to reframe your relationship with your hunger to make it more of a conscious decision rather than a physiologic decision. Um, let's talk about, you know, transitioning away from that, the conscious decision making and what are some pitfalls that, you know, people can kind of fall into when, when they're trying intermittent fasting? Uh, Aaron Graham, are there any kind of myths involved in, in intermittent fasting? The most common myth is I'm going to starve. You know, everybody thinks, and it's, it's actually a big cultural thing too. Um, I have to eat. I have to eat. Um, if I'm not eating, I'm not, you know, doing well. I'm not giving my body fuel. Um, so the biggest misconception is if I don't eat, you know, breakfast or if I miss like dinner that, I'm going to feel horrible. I'm not going to be able to sustain my day, um, which, which at first it can feel that way. You know, the side effects for intermittent fasting are hunger and feeling weak, you know, but you can get over that once your body transitions. And there are ways to do that, as Jackie said, you know, by doing little things like 
you know, having coffee in the morning and adding some fats to that coffee. Um, so that usually is the biggest hurdle for most people to get over the concept of not eating because we are so used to always eating. Um, so, you know, that's always the biggest hurdle. Um, the next concept is um, that people need to deal with is when I can eat, I can eat anything I want and I can eat as much as I want. Um, that's not true. Just because you took 16 hours off of eating doesn't mean that, you know, the next eight hours you're eating burgers, pizzas, you know, tons of cheese, um, you know, uh, stuff of that nature. So those are the two biggest issues that people have with intermittent fasting. And if you can conquer those two issues, for the most part, you can, you can level yourself out and get used to it. Um, there's people that fast for days and they're alive. They're alive, even in the hospital. Um, you know, and that's a big, when I say cultural thing, you know, I have family members calling me up. Has, has so-and-so eaten? Has he eaten? Has she eaten? Um, because they think if they don't eat for a day, they're going to die. And that's not true. Um, so once again, once you get past that barrier, I think that that is the biggest hurdle for most people. Yeah, the world record for intermittent fasting is held by Angus Barbary, who's a Scottish guy, and that's 382 days. And he basically just stopped because somebody made him do it. <laughs> um, Jackie, when you were approaching, you know, or inching your way, you know, in the pool, what what sort of pitfalls did you encounter along the way when you were starting your intermittent fasting um, journey? Uh, I mean... Ari Grant hit, hit it on the head. Um, I, I wouldn't eat until 12. Um, and then from 12 to eight, I would eat like, I mean, like there was no tomorrow. Um, because I wasn't used to, you know, I, I, I was okay with the hunger a little bit, but it built up. And I mean, that first meal was a, typically a heavy meal. Um, another thing was, uh, the weakness was pretty big as well if I exercise them in the, in the morning. Um, so it, it was, I really had to really pay attention to two things. Um, and you can correct me if the science is wrong, maybe it's just mental, but uh, I started paying attention to a lot of what I was eating the day before. Um, so if I knew I was working out Saturday morning, Friday night, you know, I need to make sure that I had a, a, a good lunch, a good dinner that was good fuel because in the morning I know at best I'm having maybe half a tablespoon or a teaspoon of uh, coconut oil in my coffee before I go. Um, and another thing was also drinking a lot of water. Um, I, I, just, I just felt like I had to drink more water. Um, I was more thirsty. Um, I have this with me all the time now. It's just um, so I, I felt like those, those three things, paying attention to what I ate before working out the next day, especially, and making sure that I wasn't just squeezing three meals in the time frame of two meals, um, I would say was, were the biggest pitfalls. Because um, mentally, you feel the hunger a little bit, and you feel, oh, it, it's working, right? You know, my body's burning calories right now. So you kind of get that ego boost, and then you know, you, you can't go have, uh, you know, bourbon fries for, for lunch because then you're, you're back to square one. 
Um, but those are for sure my, my highest pitfalls. Yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right that what, what you're doing the day before is important. Just like in the investing world, you know, investing today for tomorrow is an important thing. Um, your muscles are fired using a fuel called glycogen. Glycogen, the easiest way to get that is through carbohydrate, right? Excess of carbohydrate will get stored as glycogen in your muscles and then your liver. And then if you have too much carbohydrate, that will eventually get converted to fat. Um, the first thing that you're going to exhaust when you're training, especially if you're doing a high intensity or activating your muscles, is glycogen. If you do not have glycogen, your body really has to work hard to convert other things into glycogen to use that as fuel. And so that's why you'll dog it at the gym if you haven't eaten properly the day before. I know for me personally, I eat about 2,800 to 3,200 calories in a day. I do intermittent fasting when I'm not working out in the morning, and I know that I need to get that amount of food in. So, you know, after my fast is over, I am eating clean, but I'm getting enough calories during that time period so that I can fuel my workout the next day. You did allude to another interesting thing, which you mentioned you just felt healthier. And I think really the way, the way that you feel has to do not only with the influence of your you know, mood hormones and, and things like that, but also with this concept called autophagy. Uh, Aaron Graham, do you want to just briefly talk about, you know, like the concept of autophagy and I can, I can nerd out over here on it. Yeah, man, nerd out. <laughs> <laughs> so autophagy, um, the Nobel Prize was awarded in 2016 by Dr. Osumi, and Dr. Osumi um, essentially discovered this technique which our cells go through where we take, if a cell is damaged, your body is capable of taking the parts in it and still composing a new healthy cell that's called autophagy. Think of it like cell recycling plant. Um, that cell is built newer and stronger. Um, it doesn't have any weakness despite using old parts, you know, like a car would, um, and it's able to perform all the tasks. A lot of people think that this mechanism, along with intermittent fasting, lowering a pathway called mTOR, or mammalian target of a medicine called rapamycin, is the reason why intermittent fasting may help to prevent cancer. Now, it's a little controversial here what I'm saying. You know, obviously, if you smoke 18 packs of cigarette in a day, intermittent fasting is not going to undo that. Um, and also, you know, we do recommend that you consult with your doctor before you consider intermittent fasting as a purely cancer preventative strategy. But it has been described in particular with brain cancers um, actually doing changes within the size of lesions. And it's because of autophagy and the concept of mTOR. Now, the, the bad thing with mTOR is that mTOR is also the way that we build things, right? Through the process of anabolism, where you take small components and put them into bigger ones, like your muscles, right? And so intermittent fasting is believed to, uh, by some people, to interfere with your body's ability to gain weight or gain strength in the gym. Do you guys think that's true? Jackie, you wanna talk about your experience? Um... I would say I don't believe it's true. Um, just, I mean, I haven't been to the gym while fasting. However, due to the pandemic, I've been on my bike a lot. And um, I mean, I, with no 
food in my body within the last few hours or no breakfast. I mean, I can bike as far as fast as I need to, um, you know, except for the days I'm not paying attention, not eating well enough to fuel myself the following day. I mean, I, I haven't really felt any uh, lack in strength or, you know, fatigue or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and the the and the evidence does kind of uh match your sentiments that there is actually an increase in the power output of a cell while intermittent fasting versus not go ahead Aaron Graham. I, I no I, I was basically going to say the same thing for me as long as i'm loading up the day before um and as same same as you i when i intermittent fast i don't do it on days that i work out um so i have never experienced like weakness or since I have been doing it and gotten used to it, I don't really experience any weakness as long as I load up the day before. So um, so let's talk about the, the things that you can do. We talked about, you know, some type of caffeine with fat in it. You know, why, why is it that you can have fat during intermittent fasting if, you know, those are calories? Wouldn't it stop the whole process? I don't know. No, that, that, that's not true. It does not stop the process. Um, partially because, you know, you are giving your body some type of fuel. Um, and you're not giving your, you know, that little bit of, um, that little bit of coconut oil that you put in the morning is not going to actually be that much fat. It's just like a boost. Um, so, you know, it's, it's like when you're playing Mario Brothers and you get that mushroom, you know, <laughs> you, you get that boost in energy um, you know, you feel prepped up and you can just go. Um, but it's only a little boost. You know, it's not, once again, you know, a lot of people think I need to eat tons of fat. You, you don't. You definitely don't need to eat tons of fat, especially when, you know, doing keto alongside um, with intermittent fasting, which a lot of people do hand in hand. Um, so it's about giving your body something, a small amount that's sustainable, that will help you go. So, yeah, what are some other, uh, so, you know, using a little bit of fat, you are, again, you're in ketosis, you're mobilizing fatty acids. And so adding fatty acids is kind of utilizing the same uh, engine fuel. It doesn't interrupt the process. You're really just helping it along. What are some other permitted liquids with intermittent fasting? Jackie, you mentioned uh, water. Did you try water with anything added to it at all or? Um, I haven't tried, I haven't put anything in my water. However, um, I have, uh, drank some, some booch, some kombucha in the morning, mm -hmm. uh, per, per your, your, uh, your, your clearance and guidance. Um, which I feel sometimes, some days like when I've woken up and I feel like, okay, I feel a little hungrier than usual. I need something with just a little bit more. And it might be just mental, um, you know, I have a little bit of kombucha and that always uh, does a trick. Um, I know that I can have broth. I just haven't done it yet. Um, and I, I have drinking tea before in the morning. Um, so I, I don't know if there's anything else you can drink, but those are the, that's what's on my radar. Yeah, no, no, you nailed the big ones, which are, you know, you can do plain water, um, bone broth, or, you know, used to be called stock. Um, 
is good. Adding sea salt or some sort of salt to that will also help with the feeling of satiety and get rid of a lot of the jitters because that's sodium and then often we'll have magnesium with it, which again, we talked about stabilizes muscles. Kombucha, even though there is usually a small percentage of sugar used to make the kombucha, the bacteria and yeast that are in kombucha will eat that sugar up. So that sugar is not readily getting available, uh, you know, into your system. You're using it to fuel the bacteria um, to grow healthy bacteria. Um, you can do any sort of caffeinated uh, beverage with the exception of sports drinks. Um, obviously those are loaded with sugar um, and you can add fat to those. The other thing is um, adding things to water, make sure that again, they don't have added sugar or sugar alcohols in them. So, you know, sports drinks, that's a no-go. Um, adding some sort of electrolyte powder, you may want to watch what's actually in that. But adding just a slice of citrus, that's not gonna change your intermittent fasting goals. Or you can add what's called trace minerals, which comes in a little dropper. And that usually has things like sodium, magnesium, um, again, to help with the jitters and, and satiety. Um, gentlemen, closing thoughts on intermittent fasting. Um, Jackie, do you have any, you know, uh, just summary tips regarding intermittent fasting and, and you know, things that you've learned along the way? I do. I have tips and a question, actually, that was just came to me after thinking about uh, uh, the individual that fasted for, was it? Uh, 382 300 days. 300 days. Um, so for myself, right, so right now, um, I, I intermittent fast, and I mean, fasting until 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock is not really like that difficult anymore, right? I, I've, I've been in the swing of things for a while. Um, if I wanted to extend that more, right, if I wanted to maybe tighten that window, one, um, would you recommend, right, like, is there a bad side, right? There's always, you can always do something too much, right? Can you, I mean, that, yeah, I did for 300 days, um, but, I mean, can that window be too small? Um, or um, if someone were trying to, like, if I'm trying to push back another two hours, um, or all of those things that we can drink the same, right? If I'm 12 hours into my fast, right? And if I have a little bit of fat, right? Is it the same? Can I do that, right? Like a re-up, right? 12 o'clock comes, feel a little hungry, maybe have a, my afternoon coffee, put some more milk in there. Um, so I know that was like multiple faceted question, but that was my question. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't overdo intermittent fasting. Um, your body probably will, you know, if you're, you're reaching a state where you've burned most of your energy, it will show you things like, you know, your GI tract in particular, you probably won't have bowel movements every day or twice a day or whatever your regularity is. So your body will send signals to you to essentially say that like your energy balance has shifted. Um, it all depends on where you start and what your goals are. Um, but again, you're not going to enter starvation mode. That really, in order to enter a starvation mode, you have to forego any of the bonus beverages that you can utilize. And, it, you know, we're talking severe starvation. These are, um, you know, bad World War II level starvation mode uh, characteristics. Um, so as long as you're supplementing with those beverages, it's okay. And yes, if you want to um, double dose, you know, double down on your, your fat and caffeine, that's okay. Just know that the caffeine, as you increase your dose, 
may interfere with your sleep and it may cause more jitters. But I, I think that the, the power of that satiety feeling from the minerals that you can add to water or from, from bone, bone broth or stock, you know, the electrolytes that are in there really does help tremendously with that. And this guy that fasted for 382 days did have plenty of these liquids. Um, again, we recommend that you consult with your doctor if you, if you have things like, you know, type one diabetes. If you're pregnant or breastfeeding, please do not try intermittent fasting. You need calories for two people. Um, it's impossible for you to keep up. Um, do not try it in that case. Um, Aaron Graham, parting thoughts on intermittent fasting, and then we'll go to a commercial break before we start our listener mail. So uh, you basically hit on the head on what I want to talk about. Uh, the people that should not be intermittent fasting, as you stated, pregnant women should not intermittent fast for the same reasons why you said you are, you are technically eating for two. Um, if you have type one diabetes, you need to control uh, your blood sugars. Um, and that's another reason why you should not intermittent fast. If you have a history of any type of eating disorder or if you're underweight, um, you really should not be intermittent fasting either. Um, and if you have hyper, hypotension or low blood pressure, um, you also should not be intermittent fasting because you, know, you do have that state of you know, energy loss or weakness and that can lead to syncopal episodes, which is passing out. Um, the other thing, as you also stated, intermittent fasting is not absolute it does not mean you can't eat or drink any. Um, you definitely can use the items which we stated, bone broth, citrus um, in drinks, the mineral water, you can use those type of things. So um, I think uh, people need to educate themselves when it comes to fasting and realize it doesn't mean nothing. So that's basically it. Well put, uh, we'll be back after a brief commercial break with listening in. What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here. If you've been contemplating the intermittent fasting lifestyle, well, I wanted to let you in on a rising star available right now for free. The benefits of intermittent fasting include improvement in metabolic syndrome and cell recycling through autophagy, which has the potential to aid in cancer prevention and longevity. Additionally, a great side effect of fasting is losing fat. Fasting comes naturally to us as humans, getting back to our ancestral roots. It is an amazing alternative to fad diets and completely free of bro science. Though just not eating may seem easy, fasting is a lifestyle with more nuance and depth. So sophisticated, in fact, that the New England Journal of Medicine, one of the top medical journals published, a scientific review in 2019 on the subject. Adding further merit, autophagy central to fasting earned Dr. Oshumi a Nobel Prize in 2016. To harness the power of fasting today, we at Maximal Being recommend Fastic. Fastic is an app and online program designed to deliver you continuous intermittent fasting success. Through community support, motivation, and realistic metrics, Fastic will walk you through the fasting process and get you leaner and healthier. Just download it today for free on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. Enter your height, weight, and goals, and receive a custom plan within seconds. Try today, Maximal Beings, and maximize your pathway to wellness. 
Okay, and and we're back with uh, R.N. Graham down in Miami and Jackie in Philadelphia. Our first piece of listener mail comes from Sweetie Tater. Love the name. Um, I tried keto and I did not lose weight. Where did I go wrong? R.N. Graham, you want to lead off with this one? Well, how did you do keto? There's a lot of misconceptions out there with keto. Um, as we stated earlier, keto, a lot of people think, well, yeah, I mean, I can't have carbs, but I can have a ton of fats. That's not true. Um, I mean, it's, it's a very common principle. If you're eating stuff that is unhealthy, even though you're taking out carbs, um, you still can't eat certain items. So, you know, you need to go back and document the things that you're doing. And you, you know, do your research and say, okay, did I do this correctly? Did I do this correctly? Did I do this incorrectly? Um, and then you can see where you're going wrong. Um, it's all about education. It's all about knowing the ins and outs of what you're doing and also knowing your body. Not everybody's going to react the same way to every single diet. So you being the um, GI expert and more of the nutritionist, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that there are a few ways that people go wrong with, with keto. Number one is not being scientific about it and, you know, taking it because a friend got some benefit, um, not really reading about it. You know, again, I think being uh, scientific and stepwise recording what you're doing, recording what you're eating is important. Also, you know, just like intermittent fasting, it's not for everybody. So like you mentioned, people's bodies are not going to react the same way to all interventions. Um, so it may not just not be for that person. You mentioned where people go wrong and that's with dirty keto, right? You think you can just fill it with blocks of cheese as every meal, but you need micronutrients to fuel your cellular processes. The best way to get that is usually with the vegetables and you do need to get enough protein as well. And also having a variety of fats, in particular, omega-3 fatty acids, it's so important for so many things within your body. So cleaning up and making sure it's clean keto is important. Regarding the tracking, the equivalent of carbohydrates that you need to get into ketosis is usually about 50 grams, which is about two apples a day. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't fit for you in a, as a long-term strategy, it, it, which it does not for me, um, you know, then you probably should, should not do it. So making sure that you stay within that 50 gram a day and testing your urine to see if you actually are in ketosis. And if you're in ketosis, you need to stay in ketosis. There really are not cheat days with carbohydrates with the ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. So I think those are some of the main pitfalls. And if ketosis and the ketogenic diet is the way that you want to proceed, uh, sweetie tater, then, you know, I would, I would hone it in and stay scientific. The next one, um, this is definitely for Jackie. So this comes from ExecuDoc. What are the best ways to design my work environment for fat burning? If anybody knows the answer, this it's Jackie. Um, uh, there's, uh, there's one, listen to, what was it episode three about NEAT, right? Plug. Um, <laughs> so for me, I have a desk job. Uh, and I have a standing desk. Um, so I am standing as much as possible. If I'm on the phone, I am standing. Um, also, I have a little timer in on my work computer. Every hour, 
I crank out some push-ups. It's not even, there's not a number. Sometimes it's just 10 if I'm tired or busy. Sometimes I have some time and I'll, I'll do 40. Um, but it's really just, you know, you know, every little thing counts. Um, I sit up straight. I don't slouch. Um, I also am a fidgeter. So I'm always fidgeting. Legs are moving. Um, I'm trying my best to not swing the chair right now because it's extremely loud. But um, those things add up. So as much as you can just not be still is uh, better. Um, and I also um, have a, I had a little, well, I had a little basketball hoop, and I'll just just throw and just something to do, something to move. Um, so there isn't an official. I don't have like an official thing. I just try to keep myself moving around and not letting myself really get still and, and, and sunken in. Aaron Graham, you have any additions to those statements? Um, I, I also believe that um, good lighting in a room also uh, helps out. It gives you that energy feeling, um, especially if it's sunlight. Um, I believe that's very important uh, when you're setting up a workspace and trying to have a workspace that, you know, is a positive workspace and that it gives you that energy to move around, feel good. Um, dark rooms are going to make you sleepy. Um, so brighten up your room. Uh, bigger rooms, open spaces are good. If you're on a, if you're on a call, try to move around. You know, it goes back to the neat episode. Once again, if you haven't checked, if you have not checked out that episode, that was actually one of my favorites. Uh, fidgeter, I'm constantly swinging my chair. Uh, I, I love Jackie's ideal of, you know, the little basketball hoop. You know, there's so much of us uh, that are stuck at home um, now and, you know, working from home. So setting up that space is important. Um, and get up and move around. That, that's, that's really it. You know, if you uh, can do push-ups, uh, 40, gay. Big ups to you, Jackie, because I can't do 40 push-ups right now if I try. Um, so, but... You know what, what Jackie said was was great. I, I think that's perfect advice, and he's living proof. I mean, you can see the benefits um, that he's doing, and it's not he's not doing anything you know miraculous. He's just being a regular human and just making small changes. And once again, you can definitely see the benefits. Yeah, the key is sustainability. Being able to do the things that that you are implementing for the rest of your life, not to see some crazy gain and then to fall back into old habits. So that's what we practice here at Maximal Being. I uh, I also have one thing to add to that. One, I didn't do 40 push-ups straight. I have to say, <laughs> just in case I don't get <laughs> two sets of 20. Okay. I just had the time to take the break in between. Um, but also one thing too, music. Um, I have a soundtrack to my life. So music comes on, you're dancing, you're sing along, right, everything. So if you can, right, if you're not on the phone all day, if you can play the music as well, um, that, that also helps. Love that. that. That's so well said, guys. Um, any other parting thoughts regarding ExecuDoc? I, I feel like we hit on, you know, essentially the, to summarize it, neat is the key. So definitely listen to that episode and just move as much as you can. Even maintaining posture is better than slouching. So, are any other uh, parting thoughts for this episode, guys? Jackie. Um, aggregation of marginal gains. You said it well. Um, you know, uh, 
if anyone knows people who swim competitively, they shave their legs, not because it's going to make them win the race, but they get like one eighth of a second or something like that. And that's really all it is. So no matter what it is you're doing, just it doesn't have to be large, you know, life changing actions. It's just small actions that just build up. And then when you feel good, you start making better decisions as well, which leads to just better decisions. So um, I didn't think I'd be eating clean and cutting up squash and all these different vegetables when I started intermittent fasting. I just was like, I can't go to the gym, so I'm just not going to have breakfast. It was literally that simple of a thought. Um, but now, you know, I feel better and, you know, I'm eating much healthier and I haven't measured anything. I haven't weighed food. I haven't counted micros. It's just, just lifestyle changes just bit by bit. And see, uh, the thing I uh, absolutely love about that is Jackie has found what works for him. And that's what it's all about. You know, it, it is about building blocks. You try this, if it doesn't work, try this. Maybe this will work for you. But it's all about the science. Um, Doc Mock stated earlier, we're about the science here. We're about the proven facts here. We're not about, you know, the bro science. Um, we are about the research and the documented proof of what works and what is sustainable also. Um, you know, I'm very proud of Jackie. Uh, you know, I've known Jackie basically my entire life and I've seen him go through different processes. Now, when he tried the initial process that I used um, with the weighing of the food, um, I understand that can be very difficult. Uh, and I'm very, very happy that you found the mean that works for you. Now, weighing out food works for me. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I can just do that. I can look and say, okay, that's four ounces. And that's sustainable for me. Once again, I'm, I'm just thrilled to see that he's making good decisions uh, with his health and his fitness, especially in a time like this where, you know, it's easy to get bogged down. It's easy to get weighed down in your emotions of being stuck at home. Uh, so, you know, for anybody out there listening, this is proof that as long as you're sustainable with your actions, and as long as you look at your actions and say, you know, I'm improving, how can I keep improving? It's very easy to do. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And we love hearing from all of you. Drop us a line at team at maximalbeing.com. You can DM us on Twitter, on Instagram, through YouTube, through Facebook, whatever you want. We are here for you. We will answer your questions live on air. And until next time, Maximal Beings, this is Doc Mock with Jackie and Aaron Graham. And we're here to maximize your pathway to wellness. We'll see you next time.